Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. For our radio audience here in Mississippi, WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, joining us for our online affiliates around the world, we're glad that you all could join us as well. I think in the world we live in today, all of us know what it's like to go through pain, anxiety, discomfort, and all the things that don't have us feeling the best. But our next guest has been able to discover some things that not only been able to bring him freedom, but now he's been able to share that with all of you as well. We're excited to welcome Freedom Specialist Bob Gardner to our broadcast today. Bob is also a media personality and the author of the book, Built for Freedom, Adventures Through Stress, Anxiety, Depression, Addiction, Trauma, Pain, and Our Body's Innate Ability to Leave Them All Behind. We're going to talk to Bob not only about what it's been like for him to find freedom for himself and what that means, and how he's been able to help people literally around the world to do the same thing. If you guys have not heard about Bob's book, I will remind you how to get it like I did, but also how to stay connected with him. Bob, I appreciate you stopping by. Thanks for the time. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Cyrus. So, so happy to try and help as many people as I can. And and that's what it seems like, Bob, you've been able to do in this situation. So as you talk about in the book, Built for Freedom, and I have it here on my Kindle, and it's also available in paperback as well. We're going to remind our audience of that. You share, of course, your own personal journey to freedom and what that's been like and the freedom from different things that you've been able to encounter. What has it been like for you to use your own personal experiences, Bob, to help other people? Uh, you know, it was unexpected, to be honest, you know, because I thought I was just a weirdo that had figured something out. <laughs> then, then I had a business guy go, you know, other people are suffering. You should probably help them. And I was like, but I'm weird, you know. But I started sharing things and to to see just how quickly it would make effects with people and to then to see how far it would spread and to start to hear back from others just how many things it's helped has been the biggest surprise, I think, of the whole journey. And, Bob, I mentioned in the subtitle, there are so many people that are dealing with one or more of the things I mentioned, just to name a few of them, stress, anxiety, depression. I mean, those are all big things. Of course, pain is in there, too, addiction. All of these are things that we either are experiencing ourselves or have some type of knowledge of or know someone who has. And you've been able to kind of take these and say, okay, what if the way we're looking at this is all wrong? That in itself, I think, is different because I think people just automatically, either because of something they're told, Bob, or something they think, they automatically think there's something wrong with them. When did you start looking at yourself differently? Uh, for me, it was it was sitting in 12-step programs for addiction, and it was trying so many different programs and counseling and therapies and seminars and online programs and whatnot and having a day where – I was in the middle of a struggle still, and in that moment realizing if I didn't do something different, then I was going to be in that struggle for decades more, and I didn't want to live that life. And so in that moment, I was like, I have to do something different. And it was scary uh, because everybody was telling me, the, which is the, the basic party line, which is that stress is a fact of life. And that, you know, all of these emotions, we need to normalize them. It's okay to have emotion. And it's not like I'm saying it's not okay to have emotion. It's just right. that for me at that time, it was like, yeah, but it wasn't okay for me to live my life wallowed in that emotion. And so I kind of had to throw everything to the birds and start testing some of the things that I had learned and start using myself as a guinea, guinea pig. 
And Bob, to that point, one of the things I picked up on from Built for Freedom, and feel free to correct me on this, is that a lot of times it seems as though, and you seem to be an example, using yourself as an example, that we sometimes give our power over to things. A lot of this seemed to be about your reclaiming your own power and reclaiming your own ability um, to, to have control, especially with your own life and your own body. Would you agree that was part of the process for you? Yeah, I would absolutely agree. I'm, I mean, the reason that I named the book Built for Freedom was as an attempt to say, like, you were already built for this, and you just never got the user's manual you never were taught. It's not like we sat at the dinner table and were like, hey, how's your spleen doing today? You know, it's like not a common conversation topic. And so to have a moment to say, look, look, the book through and through is like there is absolutely nothing wrong with you. There is everything right. It's just that you, you were a toddler given the keys to a big car and no one taught you how to drive. So naturally you ran into some mailboxes, <laughs> dented a few cars along the way, smashed up the garage. But once you learn to drive, it's a totally different kind of experience. So like with depression and anxiety and things, nobody wants these experiences. But the common party line, one that started thousands of years ago, it's not even like psychology's fault. It was just a philosophical stance is that like this is something wrong with the world. And that's what a lot of medicine is built on. And don't get me wrong, we've done some great things. But if you look at it correctly, if you, or if you look at it differently, I could say, Depression is really just an, the response that a body would naturally give if it were seeing the world in the way that the person feeling it sees the world. And the minute that that changes, then the body produces another experience. So depression is just an experience. The fact that a person can feel depressed, can feel anxious, actually means that everything is right with them. It's just that they haven't learned a different trick. And, and I think uh, as I... You know, again, was prepping for the segment, and I want to say thank you again, Bob. And I want to let our radio audience know this is a conversation we've been uh, trying to have, and no fault of Bob, since early July, we've been trying to schedule this and do our schedule here on the radio side. But Bob's uh, folks have been very gracious in helping us to be able to get this done. So I'm really glad we're having this conversation because I think even in the book, you say a couple of things, and you mentioned the course of medicine, and I have shared my own personal story. Bob, for our radio audience, I'm very fortunate, typically being here in the south of Mississippi, being my age. You know, normally, you know, someone my age is already on medication and going through that. I'm very fortunate I'm not in that situation. But you say in the book the freedom that one individual you're talking about in the book, the freedom they're looking for is a skill, not a peel. And what I thought about is an, is an important conversation to have, and again, not diminishing anything dealing with what's happened with science and medicine. But do you think that that's kind of become the crutch for some, that instead of realizing what they can do and the retraining for themselves, that again going to giving that power over to appeal instead of trying to learn the skill? Absolutely. Uh, and I think a lot of times because we didn't even know the skill was possible. I mean, it's not like people going to, to doctors. I, I, for instance, I was up with in Idaho with my dad recently who was diagnosed with stage 4 metastatic melanoma. So skin cancer that spread through all different various systems in his body, and he's in a lot of pain. And we go to the doctors who are pain doctors, and so it sounds like because of their title, they're going to be giving him advice and understanding about what pain is and how to actually eliminate it. When the reality is that those doctors are highly, highly trained in a very specific set of skills 
which is what chemicals to introduce to the system in order to shut off the body's pain response. But that's not the same thing as, by the way, pain is a production of your brain. It always has been. All the science bears this out. And you can actually change your brain's production if you know how to work with it. That's not in the conversation. And so when I was talking with these doctors about different things I was doing with my dad to where he would have hours, stretches of time, where he was in utter bliss and all the pain had just evaporated for a moment and his body is producing painkillers on its own because of simple things that we're doing, that are, those are skill sets that can start to train the body to no longer have to have pain in order to respond to some things. And that's just not in the conversation. So the people that are going, but I rely on pills, it's totally natural because that's the only option you've been given. And I think people right. need another option. Right. And and I think that's another part of this conversation that's important too, and that is to realize that you don't know what you don't know. As you as we were saying in the beginning of this conversation, Bob, what you've gone through, the, the different types of what people would consider trauma that you've gone through, you you didn't know what, what you didn't know, but now here you are, and you're able now to share. So I want to ask you this, considering the world that we live in, and I could not wait to ask you this question. We're in a world that, for the good or the bad, okay, I'll, I'll preface this by saying it that way, we have become less trustful of, of, of things that seem foreign to us or different. Was it an easy decision for you to share, even though it worked for you, was it an easy decision for you to share this in a book and to have conversations like this knowing not everyone would agree with you? Uh, it was not. It was a harder decision, actually. It wasn't easy in the beginning because I was bucking the trend without any – I mean, it's been six years now since I've been helping people, and in that time I've had to figure out how to language things and ferret out all the research that bears what I'm sharing with people out. Um, and so in the beginning it was a lot harder because people were always just very, very distrustful of anything that didn't look like it was the common line. Now to write it in a book, was, there were moments in the book, and, and as you read it, I'm sure you ran across moments where very deeply personal stories. Uh, and I knew from the beginning that I was really calling into question some of the fundamental assumptions of both the psychology industry and the medical industry. And so I had to write it in a way that allowed me to say, hey, you know what, this is a challenge. Here's the research on it. Um, and, you know, this is all that I found. And I had to keep asking myself, is this, is this what I actually know to be true from my own experience? Or am I making this up so that I could present the clearest possible case for everything going on? And I've had some counselors and psychologists read it and get back to me saying it was so frustrating because I know you're right, but I also wish it had been said different, but I know you're right. You know. And so there is some understanding in the industry that this type of voice needs to be spoken. But it, it took a lot of time to write it in a way that would allow somebody to have that kind of breathing room. I think that is it. So uh, let me ask you this question then to go along with that, and I appreciate that. Bob, what was your hope that this book would do then? I mean, you've been having these conversations. As I mentioned, you're a media personality yourself, so you've been using your platforms to have these conversations. What did you hope the book would do once it got into someone's hands? Yeah, when I wrote the book, um, I wanted it to do two things. Uh, the first and foremost thing is I didn't want it to, to come across like this is a marketing book. There are a couple of places in there where I share some links, one of a demonstration of some of the stuff we do and a couple of places where people can find us. But the last thing I wanted was for someone to pick this up and be like, 
oh, okay, this is just another pitch. What yeah. I wanted was for them to get absorbed in the story and absorbed in what was going on and come out the other end feeling like, wow, maybe there's nothing wrong with me. Maybe I don't have all the skill sets I need, but shoot, if there's nothing wrong with me, then all I have to do is go learn a couple of skills. And what can I entertain myself with in my life that I would love and would also move me in the direction I want? I wanted it to be like a, fre- a breath of fresh air for somebody. And then for those that wanted to pursue it in a, without having to figure it out on their own like I did, then I also wanted to make sure that people knew that, hey, we're around, we run retreats, and we do these other things. Right. Which is important because I think the camaraderie and that connection with people is definitely important. So I'm sure you've been asked this question because you are very open and honest in the book, Bob. I mean, there, the whole idea of being able to get to a certain place in your life is one thing, but I think we all have those setbacks in, in life. What has that been like for you to, to have those conversations with people about when they suffer a setback? When, okay, maybe they've gotten to a place where they realize that there are things in their control, but life happens to them and they find themselves back in that same situation of feeling helpless. What do you normally talk to them about when it comes to that point? Yeah, this is where language becomes really powerful, Cyrus. Um, because a lot of times the word setback automatically brings a different idea, right? Uh, the word relapse was the one I ran into a lot in the beginning with a lot of people and with myself, you know, oh, there we are. Because it brings with it the idea that I'm back where I was before, except that you're not actually back where you were before. A new thing has happened. And so what I do is I take the conversation back to, all right, let's get rid of the label and let's let's just be honest about what actually happened. So if you went and acted out again in some addictive behavior, cool, tell me what happened. So instead of saying, well, I acted out or I relapsed, you say, okay, cool, I went and I had alcohol again, or I went and I looked at pornography again, or I went and I did X, Y, Z again. Cool. All right, so then what what was your life like before that and after that? I want to know, how did you sleep the night before? How much, How much? What was your food intake like? Were there any big deadlines uh, that you were dealing with, big relationship stresses going on? And I try to paint a picture to help people understand that this action didn't happen out of the blue, and it didn't happen because there's some flaw in them, but it happened as a reaction to a particular set of circumstances. And in that particular set of circumstances, their brain is running around going, how did we survive this the last time? This is a little more extreme than, than we're used to. Uh, what's on our emergency checklist? And it goes back to whatever behaviors that have happened before or whatever situations have happened before. So the person has successfully survived. And the solution they use is one that maybe they don't like, but it's allowed them to survive. And so a lot of people look at addictive behaviors as like, this is a problem. And I turn it on its head and I say, look, it's not the problem. That's the solution that you found to a deeper issue. And often those deeper issues are they're stressed out and they're worried about the future and they have some ideas going on in their head that are not actually rooted in a tangible reality right next to them. And it starts to run away with them. And then on top of that, the bill came in the mail and then the kids were screaming in the next room and something else and something else. And then pretty soon their body is just in a pure survival mode. When I can get them back to see that, that any person on the planet would act the same way if they were given the same situation and the same history, that no longer is it about them and there's some, something wrong with them, then we can start to move forward and say, like, okay, cool. So here's was the tripping point. Let's go back and get rid of all the emotional baggage around this, and let's start to put some things in place that, that change the, the narrative moving forward. 
and I think that's it. And I think that changing of the narrative is something that you address really well. Also, another thing I did not know about you, Bob, is poetry. That's another another gift of yours, too. Um, what was it like for you being able to share some of your poetry in this book? I didn't <laughs> – I was a little nervous. That was probably one of the more nerve-wracking things to include in the book. Thank you, Cyrus. <laughs> I uh, I didn't know I uh, I didn't know I was going to include poetry there in the beginning. It sort of evolved along the way that I would start to include some of my poems. But sometimes it just feels like I can paint a picture better, like the feeling that I'm trying to get across better in a poem than with pages and pages of prose. And so each poem was like this is kind of the idea that I'm addressing in this chapter that follows. And if I can set the stage with this um, as an art piece, because I did actually get a master's degree in painting and drawing. And so I've been around a lot of the arts and literature for a long time. And so if I, I just figured like if I could set the stage with that, it would be different, but I was a little bit nervous how people would, would take it and if it would help the message or if it would just kind of be in the way. Gotcha. Well, it, it definitely does help, I think, and also gives a different perspective as well. Great conversation with you, Bob. Again, everyone, Bob Gardner has been our guest. Make sure you guys get his book. It is available on Amazon. Again, I have the Kindle edition, but you can get the print edition as well. Built for Freedom is the title of the book. A lot of great insight in there, not only based on his own experiences, but also those of others, conversations with others too. I think you'll benefit from as well. Outside of the book, um, Bob, there's other work that you're doing. So how can our audience stay connected with you? So we run retreats and we have online programs that can be done from home. They can go to thefreedomspecialist.com and all of those are available. They can even get a PDF version of the book if they don't want to do a print thing and they want to do it that way. And all the links are there on that website. Bob, thank you again for the time. Really do appreciate it. Great conversation with you and looking forward to sharing with you again. All right. Thank you, Cyrus. It It was an honor. Hey, thank you for that. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let us go make today amazing. Take care.